Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare, where God's precious little lambs are taught and nurtured to become fearless, ferocious warriors. You must become a warrior. You must become a battle axe and a weapon of war so the Lord can use you for his honor and for his glory. You must become what he has destined you to become. You've got to. You've got to gain aggression. And when you gain aggression and you become hostile, you become a warrior, the spirit of aggression is on you, that's when you become a, a, a threat to the enemy. That's when you become a terror to him. And the enemy cannot touch you because you're always on the offensive. You don't wait for trouble to come. You don't wait for the enemy to strike. You strike out, bam. And when even he left you and he's running from you, you keep striking. That's being on the offensive. Nothing shall harm you. That's what the Bible tells us. How do you get to that position where nothing shall by any means harm you? You've got to keep trampling, treading on the serpent and upon the scorpions and over all the power of the adversary. And that's what Jesus taught us. Tonight, I lament I've been burdened for America, and I want to cast the burden and share the burden with you. And when we are burdened in this manner, we are to take the burdens to the Lord and leave them there. We're to cast them upon him because he cares for us. Now, I've been very, very burdened about America and what I see here. In my fourth book, I wrote many, many things that God has destined for America. And God had revealed these things to me for several years, but they were too awful. I didn't want to deal with it. I did not want to deal with it. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't want to deal with this. And God told me, you have to deal with it. Because most people don't know. Most Bible scholars, most Bible teachers, book writers don't know. They haven't gone into these uh, uh, arenas. They haven't taught, they haven't touched these arenas. They just don't know. So it is my duty, it is my calling, my assignment to make it known and to prepare the people of God that these are the things that's going to happen. So I'm going to be excerpting from my latest book, Escaping the New World Order, One World Babylon. The New World Order and the One World Babylon. First thing I want to tell you is that Agenda 2021 has begun. But the United Nations has begun in 2021, a 10-year master plan. This is the agenda. And it's called the UN, United Nations Agenda 21 for Sustainable Development. Now they don't call it 21 anymore. They call it 2030. So, and they laid out, as I taught you before, 17 what they call sustainable goals. Now, I want you to understand that these are what they call sustainable goals because they see themselves being able to initiate and to sustain these goals. But the way it is right now with the world's population and the way things are going in the world, that's unsustainable. And this is the lead up up until tonight, up until 2020, 2019. We are hearing or we have heard from the experts, this is unsustainable, unsustainable, unsustainable. So when you listen, you listen carefully and always listen to the person that is speaking because you see they have their telegraphers they will send telegraph they'll telegraph information 
of what they're going to do before they do it. So they'll have certain of their chief spokespersons, and these spokespersons will come out and say certain things. And it is up to you. Make sure you listen carefully. Because if you don't listen carefully, they might not say it again. But as long as they telegraph it, don't worry. This is what they're going to do. Why do they have to do that? Because Satan imitates God. The Bible says in Amos chapter 3 and verse 7, Surely the sovereign Lord will do nothing without first revealing it through his servants, the prophets. So before God does anything, what does he do? He reveals it through the mouth of his prophets. And not only two pro not only one prophet, but two prophets. Why two? Notice that anything that's prophesied in the Bible in one book is the same thing as always prophesied in another book or another book, a third or a fourth book. And that's where the Bible says, out of the mouth are two of two or more witnesses shall every word be performed. So two or more witnesses must prophesy what God is doing, and the word shall be performed. The prophecy must come to fulfillment. And this is just how God operates. So the Lord gives his servants revelation. And when the servants reveal what God has spoken to them, then the world is warned. And normally today, we, the servants of God, we don't go and say something different or off track or just out of the blue. We say something that is in line with the word of God. So we can take you, and I personally ask God, I say, God, don't tell me anything, please. If you make a revelation to me, speak to me through your word. Show me a word so I can say, this is the word. You told me this, and this is the word you told me. And he has done so. That's the reason why I write. And I write so prolifically because he gives me his word and I can write about it. So here we have the telegraphers for the United Nations, Satan. They come and they telegraph what they're going to do. And they have some very lofty agenda, 10-year agenda. The timeline, the goal of attaining such is 10 years. But here's the story. To bring the agenda into being, being sustainable, to bring the agenda into sustainability and to be workable, they must reduce the population. Too many people. This is the reason why I tell you their agenda is depopulation, reducing the population of the earth. And this is where we get COVID-19. COVID-19, I taught you, is a weaponized virus. The weaponized virus has what everyone, just about everyone, experts agree, has what is called gain of function. What is gain of function? Gain of function is when you take, for example, a car. You buy the car off the showroom floor. It's a stock car. But you take the car and you change the, the computer chip in there, you change the fuel injectors, you change the manifold, the heads, you change parts of the car. You customize the car. In other words, you soup the car up. You enhance the car so it can go faster. That's what they did with the virus. 
they souped up the virus. They even added HIV DNA. So it has been enhanced with gain of function, and they have souped up the virus. So here we have the United Nations <clears throat> about to kick off their agenda. And there are 17 goals, are very lofty, and they call them 17 sustainable goals. And I want to share them with you again. Number one is no poverty. No poverty. Number two, no hunger. Number three, good health and well-being. Uh-huh. No poverty, no hunger, good health and well-being. By the way, how do we get good health? Bible says that God sent his word to, number one, heal us and to save us from destruction, from everything bad. The Bible says that God desires that we prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers in the Lord. So good health comes from your soul, your mind, prospering in the Lord Jesus, in the Word of God. And not only will you have good health, but you will also have prosperity. So good health and well-being is an agenda. And by the way, the United Nations does not spell out anything where they're promoting Jesus, Bible reading, church going, praise and worship to Jesus. Uh-uh. This is off limits. So here we have no poverty, zero hunger, good health, well-being, quality education. Number four, quality education. Number five, gender equality. Number six, clean water and sanitation. Oh, by the way, gender. What does gender mean? Gender means sex, whether you're male or female. The Bible says God created them male and he created them female. So there are only two biological genders. But guess what? People today are clamoring over and there are laws written, United States laws, federal laws, state laws, local laws are being written. And you better not call a person male or female. You better call them by what they want their gender to be. Because some people, they say they're reassigning sex reassign reassignment or gender reassignment. But when you talk to some people, you, you, they're not male and they're not female. They want to, want to be referred to as other. So what we have now is we have two God-made biological genders, male and female, but we have multiple, multiple, customized, man-made, psychological genders. I was doing some research on Facebook, and Facebook has over 50 pronouns that you can call people. And all these people are acting upon one or two of these pronouns. And that's right. This is what they're doing. So they don't want to be called male. They don't want to be referred to as female. You have to re refer to them in so many different pronouns. That's why we have, and what they call it, LGBTQ. And they added a couple more letters. M-N-O-P-Q-R-S-T-Z, all that stuff. You get the picture. So, gender equality. 
and they want all these other genders to be equal to male and female. Uh -huh. Then there is clean water and sanitation. No problem with that. Affordable and clean energy. Eh, no problem with that. Decent work and economic growth. No problem with that. Industry, innovation, and infrastructure. No problem with that. Reduced inequalities. Reduced inequalities. To a certain extent, uh, that is social because it's people interacting with people that brings about inequality. But it's also uh, man can, is able to do something to help the inequalities that go along. Then the next one they have is a sustainable cities and communities. And we know how they want to do that by reducing the population. Responsible consumption and production. Mm -hmm. So we are to watch our consumption, and they will watch the production. Then here is the clincher. Climate action. I wonder who controls the climate. Last time I checked in my Bible, it was the Lord. He'll show signs in the heavens above, and he'll show signs in the earth beneath. Then here is another one called life underwater. Life in the sea, under the sea, underwater. I didn't know man had control over that. Well, to a certain extent they do, but I thought that was God's domain. Well, anyway, that's one of their noble agendas. Then there's another one called life on land. As human beings, animal life, plant life, they want to take over in that arena. Peace, justice, and strong institutions. Uh-huh. That sounds like a real, real winner to me. But you see, guess what? The Bible says the heart of man is deceitful, and above all things it is desperately wicked. And who can tell? The Bible tells me also that the rich, Rules consistently over the poor. And the borrower is a, set, is a slave to the lender. So how are we going to have justice, peace, and justice, and strong institutions? When the rich rules over the poor, they control 1% of the population of the world, control over 55% of its wealth. How is that just? And how can there be peace? We need to go into some serious discussions about that. And as I wrote in the book, 85% of the world's wealth is owned and controlled by 10% of the world's population. Just 10% own and control 85% of the world's wealth, which leaves 90% of the world's population fighting like cats and dogs over 15% of the world's wealth. Did you hear that? Let that sink in your brain. And then they come and they have the nerve to tell us peace, justice, and strong institutions. That's what they're telling us here. And last but not least, they call it partnerships for the goals. They want to partner with everyone and get everybody happily working together for these goals. That's what mankind, that's a pro project of man, the decade of action, 10 years to transform our world.
not the world, not God's world, but 10 years to transform our world. The decade of action to deliver the global goals. So this is the agenda of man. Is Jesus involved? Is his name invoked? Is he prayed to? Is he called upon to come down and help us? Is he asked the question, Jesus, is this part of what you were doing or what you'd have us to do? Absolutely not. It's a man-made plan. No Jesus, no prayer was said. So here we have all this being done. And we have embarked upon it. And I told you before so many times that the Bible tells us that there's going to be a deep population genocide, worldwide genocide. Would you ask me that, Matthew 24 and 21? And you say that, and uh, during the tribulation, there shall be great anguish. There shall be great tribulation, such as never been seen in the whole wide world since the world began. In the whole wide world, the whole world since the world began, nothing has ever happened like what has happened now with COVID. Never has every nation across the face of the earth been affected like it is being affected now. And Jesus went on to say in the B clause, he said that unless he shortened the day, the duration of time that all this is going to happen, no flesh shall be saved, which means a tremendous amount of flesh shall be destroyed. People are going to die. Worldwide genocide. No flesh shall be saved. It is the divine intervention of Jesus Christ that will cause people to live. But where are we going to be? Where are you and me going to be? Our lives are hidden in God, in Jesus Christ. We are hidden in the Lord. We are hidden in Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus upon us bunkers the believers. So the believers do not have to worry about anything or fret. Why? Because his word promises that. Why? His word promises our security. And this is what we have to do. And by the way, let me share a little something to you. I've been a Christian since 1988, really following Jesus since 1988. I was saved before that, but I really wasn't. I was a wishy-washy Christian, okay? You know, sometime go to church. You know, you know how it is. Wishy-washy. But I became a real Christian on the first Sunday in 1988 and been running with Jesus since that time. Well, let me tell you something now. The Bible tells us his word. And I've read the word. I've read the Bible seven times, several times. And I've read the scriptures, preached the scriptures, studied the scriptures. But never has the word of God made a powerful impact on me as it started to make an impact on me when I began to write on October 16th, 2017. When God began to reveal his word to me and the power of his word, and when God stipulated the promises that he gave to his people, and when, especially when he told his servants, or he told his servant, Father Abraham, he said, Daddy Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Daddy Abraham wanted a son, a male heir. 
And he looked at Abraham and he said, I'm in blessing, I'm going to bless you. And the Bible says that when God could find no other greater than himself to swear by, the Bible says he swore by himself. And when the Lord opened up to me how God swore, and I found out how God swore, he declared seven times what he swore. Seven times. He says it, he declares it, he repeats it seven times. Not five times, not four times, not just telling one, well, you know, he's God. All he has to do is speak one time. No, 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 no. That's not how he does it. He declares it seven times. Then the Bible tells us, it says, and to every word, every promise of God, it is yea, yes, and amen, it is done. Every promise of God to us, the believers, it is yea, yes, and amen, it is done. And then God's word began to come home to me, the power of the word of God. And then God began to open my understanding to a deeper extent, a foundation, bedrock extent. Where I began to see that whenever God says something, the Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass, but his words will never pass away. That if he says he's going to do it, he will do it. Anything God's word says, once you give God's word back to him, and you say, Father, your word says, he is obligated to do it because the Bible says he watches over his word to perform it. And then I begin to slowly since that time see, feel, experience, have an interaction with the power of the everlasting word of God. I'm telling you what I've been through. I'm sharing with you. And I know many people who are Christians, they're good people like you. But sometimes when we preach the word or we teach the word or you read the word or you see the word of God, you, it goes in one ear and it comes out the other. It like goes in and out. Boom. The deepness, the depth, the gravity of the word doesn't really get home to you. And what my assignment is to do is to teach you in a manner that you get the gravity, the awesomeness, the durability, the longevity of the word of the living God, the everlasting effect of God's word. That when he says something, it must be done. And then when we come and look at the word of God, what he promised us, our safety, our peace, our protection in him, he has got to do it. Today, as I was looking over it, I don't doubt God anymore. I don't waver on his word anymore. I am totally, absolute, rock hard, standing on the firming, the firm word of the living God. His word cannot shake or quake. And we must understand that we are to trust the word of the living God. Why? Because no man has ever seen God at any time. You don't know what he looks like. You don't know what he looks like. You've never given, them, given him a high five. How do you interact with him? How do you know him? How do you know he exists? You read your Bible, or you have your Bible re read to you, preached to you, taught to you. You interact with God through his word. Every interaction is uh, with God through his everlasting word. It is no other way. So what do we ought to do? We ought to come into the full understanding of the word of the living God. 
And then when we come into that understanding of the Word of the Living God, we will begin to see the manifestation of the Word of the Living God. And this is where I want to take you, I want to teach you, that you begin to see manifestation. Now, when you speak, as Jesus said to the mountain, Jesus cursed the fig tree, and the fig tree died from the root up the very next day. And why did Jesus do it? He said, have faith in God. When he was questioned, Master, the fig tree died. One you cursed yesterday died from the root up, it's dead. They could see it. What did Jesus respond? Have faith in God. And if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea yonder, it shall be done, but you must not doubt in your heart. You must not waver. Then he went on and he told his disciples, then you shall have whatsoever you say. That's where I want to be. That's where I'm getting. Now I want to let you know that we're having what we say because many times Christians are speaking some bad things, self-destructive speech, inflicting, self-inflicting curses upon yourself. A couple of days ago, two days ago, I kept hearing this young lady, she was on the phone, and she was just saying, well, well, I'm confused. And then she started blah, 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 blah. I'm still confused. I am confused. And, and I said, I didn't have an opportunity because she was on the phone nonstop. But did you hear what she said? She said, I am confused. She didn't understand something. But she didn't say, I don't understand this, that, blah, blah, blah. Would you clarify for me? No, she said, I am confused. So when she called down confusion on herself, guess what? If she was an intelligent young lady, she's going to be what? Dumb and a confused woman. Why? Because she spoke it over herself. So we have got to know the Word of God and the power, the awesome power in the Word of God and begin to declare the Word of God. That's what Bible Code 7 is all about. Weaponizing the Word of God, using the Word of God, just as Jesus said. Speak to the mountains, speak to your issues, speak to your situations. It doesn't mean you go find a hill somewhere up in Georgia and say, I command you in the name of Jesus, come down to Miami and give the hill your address and say, move down there. Now, when you move under my house, I want to put my house on top of you and live up there where it's nice and cool. I don't want to live with the turkeys around me anymore. No. When you speak to the mountains, it means the issues, the situations that you have. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for me, who can be against me? We've got to speak the situations. Don't just speak when the situations come biting or knocking on your door. That's what I was teaching last night. You've got to be proactive. Not reactive. Got to be on the offensive. Don't wait for the devil to come break your shoulder. Then you go respond with your broken shoulder. Don't wait for the devil to come and put you in a hospital bed or do something here. Then you go respond from the hospital bed. 
He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. No, 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 no. We don't play that game. We don't play that game. We, when things are going good, things look good. Every day you get out of bed, you go on the offensive. Look down in the devil's bedroom and you tell the devil, fire on you, devil, fire. Here's fire. Here's the word of God. Fire, fire, fire. I'm hammering him with fire, the word of a living God. Keep hammering him with fire. Don't allow him to come near you, your children, your little ones. Hammer, 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 hammer. This is how you do it. So I want you to come into the fullness of the understanding of the word of God, where you just take it to, take it to heart. It's time for me to re release the word. It's time for me to code. It's just, it's just become a habit. And guess what? When you get to code, man, you get to release fire, you feel fire. You feel the dunamis power of God coming out of you. You feel something. You know you're crunching something. And you ain't crunching food. You ain't crunching nuts. You ain't crunching anything. You're breaking bones. You're shattering bones of wickedness and evil. You're shattering the strongholds of hell. You can, you can feel it. Something is coming back to you. I'm crunching something. I am destroying some strongholds. I'm pulling down some fortresses. I know that I know that I know when I call in the midnight hour, demons are trembling. They're running, scared. And I tell a witch and a warlock, do not allow a witch to live. And I cut the silver cord of life of a witch. Witches are dying. Somewhere across the earth, you're going to die. Because that's the word of God. The Bible says the everlasting God has spoken that. And I decree his word. When I decree words of warfare against the wicked, God says he is angry with the wicked every day. And how do you know? And I want you to know, actually, that the wicked are working against you. You're a child of God. When the witches and the warlocks get together, what do they do? They curse the Christians. Are you a Christian? Yes. Then you're being cursed. Well, you ain't going to curse me. And nothing you speak is going to stick to me. I'm sending it right back to you. And I'm done with you. Psalm 109 is going to get you and chop you to pieces. He's going to slice you and dice you, mix you and mash you. You hear what I'm saying? And I didn't have to get my hands dirty. Why? Because I use the word of God. I rain fire on you. I destroy you, destroy your wickedness, your evil, destroy everything about you. My job is to release the word. The Lord's job is to perform it. That's why he told us the battle is not ours. The battle is his. And here's the story. Here's a word that needs to be released in America today. And I started out, I said, we lament for America. Here you have the greatest economy, the greatest nation, the greatest place on planet Earth. People still desire to come to America. They just want to come on American soil. They don't want to go to China. Hello. China don't have a problem with people trying to get there. Russia don't have a problem with people trying to get there. They want to come to America. They're on the border. They're crossing the border now. Hundreds of thousands coming into America. And they just want to come here. 
So there's still something good about this country. It's losing it because the foundational pillars upon which this nation was built is being destroyed. It is crumbling and crumbling rapidly. That's why I want to talk to you tonight about it because we need to understand that this nation is going to be destroyed unless this nation turns back. This nation is going to be destroyed because that's what the Bible tells us. This nation is going to be destroyed from within, not from an adversary, from without. It's too powerful. It's going to be destroyed from within. It's going to be destroyed from divisiveness. The Bible says a house divided against itself surely will fall. It cannot stand. And this is what's going to happen in America, and it has begun. And it's not going to happen, boom, one fell swoop. No, it's going to happen over a period of time. This is where I want to get you on board with me. How long? Don't know. When? Don't know. You pray and ask the Lord for the mercy of God on this nation. Some things and the wicked people and wicked things we see the government doing. We see conspiracy where government is getting on into the action and to defy the true and the living God. They defy the name of Jesus. They want to kick Jesus off the bus. They have kicked Jesus out of our society. And let me tell you something. The newest thing right now is labeling the Bible as hate speech and extremist speech. Labeling Christians as violent extremists. Because you see, Christians are not, well, let me back up. Let me retake what I, retake what I just said. Let me restate it. The real Christians, the true believers in Jesus Christ, will not stand for what the government is doing. And what the government is, 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 is promoting sodomy, lesbianism, LGBTQ, transgenderism of little boys and little girls. Five years old and three years old. Oh, mommy, I feel like a little girl. And uh, Johnny puts on a dress. Oh, well, we got to go take him to the doctor and get some hormones in him. Why? Because little Johnny's actually a little girl. So they put hormone blockers so he'll never be a man, not grow a beard. What do they do with little Johnny? They'll give him female hormones so he'll be a boy but he'll have a girl's body, have the voice of a girl, and he won't have no beard, won't have no testosterone, won't have a man's voice. This is what they're doing today. This is what it has come to. Wake up and smell the coffee. This is what's happening today in America. Now the Equality Act has been passed. <laughs> where people of any gender, you feel like you're a girl or a boy, whatever you feel like, uh, they, nobody can mislabel you. Don't call them it. Just hey, find out the name. Don't, don't say sir or ma'am. Just say yo. So you see a woman, don't call her Ms. No, 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 because she might have you sued, locked up, fined in court because there are laws now. That you have offended these people. And they'll lock you up and fine you. And that's the law. So when you start talking to a woman or a man, you say, yo, yo. 
Don't call it Mr. and don't call it Miss or Mrs. Yo! <laughs> Be on the safe side. Say yo! And this is where we are in America today. We've gone off the rocker. And we're seeing America today because of COVID. Fear has gripped this nation. A major power has entered upon the scene in America. And an invasion has begun by stealth and is terrorizing the masses. People who sit there, glued yourself, you're behind on the couch and they watch TV, everything about COVID, 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 and they listen to the TV. Let me tell you something. That's why God called me and said, start the daily briefing. Fear comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing also. Faith comes by the hearing and the hearing of the word of the living God. Fear comes by hearing and the hearing of man's word. Bad news. Whose report shall you believe? Well, if you believe the report of the Lord, then the arm of the Lord shall be extended unto you. But if you don't believe the report of the Lord, then the arm of the Lord cannot be extended unto you. I'd rather believe the report of the Lord. I'd rather believe the word of God. When things look impossible, look like it can't work, won't work, listen, my Bible tells me what is impossible with men is possible with God. I'm holding on for possibilities. <laughs> Hello. I hold out on the word of the living God. I hold out to Jesus. And I'm so adamant about the word of the living God right now, nothing can faze me, nothing can shake me. So we must understand that this power that's seizing America, this demon of fear, it's not just a demon of fear, but it's a demon that is possessing the people. The people are, are, are made uh, uh, just, just so fearful, so paralyzed, that's the right word, paralyzed, that they become like zombie. And the only thing I can describe it to is when the Bible tells us in the book of Acts, there's a man named Simon, the sorcerer, and he was down in a city called Samaria. And Simon bewitched, he mesmerized the people. He used sorcery and he bewitched the people. And the Bible says everyone from the greatest to the smallest in the city looked up to Simon and they accounted him to be the great power of God. Can that be done today? Of course, it's being done all the time. That's why you buy certain products at a certain place. You always buy your favorite brand, food, drink, your favorite supermarket, your favorite shopping store, your favorite cars. They're using sorcery. <laughs> you better wake up and smell the coffee. That's being done every day. So the television station is a, a transmitter of sorcery to keep the population regulated. Rules, regulations. There are no bullets, no chains or whips, but drives millions in a frenzy, terrorized like a stampeding herd. And the frightened, terrified masses are pitted one against the other to battle and devour one another. Not only are the 90% battling over 15% of the world's wealth, but they have us fighting one another. The 1%, the 10 percenters have everybody fighting one another. The rich rules over the poor, and they know psychologically exactly what to do to have you fight one another. They have black fighting white, white fighting black, Hispanic fighting Asian, Asians fighting Hispanic, white fighting Asian, 
All people are fighting one another when we should be getting along and in peace. We should be getting along and say, that's not my enemy, the white guy, the, the, the Hispanic guy, the Asian guy is not my enemy. No. The rich guy is your enemy. The rich rule and he wants to rule consistently. The ruling class wants to rule over you, have dominion over you and keep you under their boots, keep you in poverty. They don't want you to make a good living, support your family. No. They want you to make just enough and keep you busy. Can't pay your bills. And then when you can't pay your bills, you go get a second job. Keep your working. Where you should have a full-time job, you want to have a part-time job. 29 and 30 hours a week. When you could be getting 40 hours a week. They don't want to pay benefits. Oh, well, we got to look out for the shareholder. This is what America has become. We're fighting and devouring one another. How do you get out of that? Code 7. Let the Lord fight for you. The battle is not yours. Throw the demons of fear and confusion to the curb. Kick him on back to the rich man. Tell him, go back and attack those who sent you. Go in your marrow and destroy them. And that's the word of the living God. You've got to learn how to use the word. Weaponize it. It's a weapon of war. That's what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons we fight with are what? Spiritual, not carnal. So the word must be weaponized to defend yourself. Now, if you don't defend yourself out of the teaching today, then God help you. You're not on top of the devil's neck. The devil is going to be on top of your neck. You're not constantly casting fire on the devil. He's casting constant nasty stuff, fouling and clean demons on you. You've got to make sure who you are. Know who you are. What you're all about. Time for the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, to come out of this rubbish. We're not rubbish. The people not going to heaven are rubbish. They're going to get hand of the rubbish heap. Hell. But you're a diamond. You're like the precious wheat. Jesus said, I want the wheat in my garden, in my barns. I send my angels to take care of my precious wheat. You're the elect, the chosen generation of God. Ain't nothing or nobody better than you. Doesn't matter how much money you got, how old you are, what your color is. Doesn't matter. It's what you think between your ears. How you see yourself. You got to see yourself how Jesus sees you. This is what I'm bringing to you tonight. Stop looking at yourself and belittle yourself. Stop listening to people calling you and putting label on you. You can't label me. You don't know me. Leave me alone. All of what you're saying about me, I send it right back to you. You stuff about me that doesn't befit me? No. Go right back into your marrow. And anything that's being said about me, from the witches, the warlocks, go back to your marrow. The sevenfold power. Got to send it back. You have the authority and the right to do so. God did not give his, spirit, his people a spirit of fear. He gave them one of power, love, and a sound mind. 
the globalist manipulators has gotten control of the USA and has it where they desire it to be in their manipulative control utilizing the mass media, mass deception. We'll find great delight in driving the COVID narrative like a whip and a wedge to scourge the masses into obedience. You see, you don't understand that they want you to submit what the Bible tells us. They want you to submit. And when the final blow comes, they want you to take the mark of the beast. They'll tell you without the mark, you will not be able to buy or sell. You'll be an outcast, an isolated, restricted outcast. But how many people know that Jesus loves outcasts? Can I share a little story with you, Bible story? I believe it's 1 Kings 2 or 1 Kings 3. There are some four lepers in Samaria. And the man of God, Elisha, prophesied. And he said, tomorrow, this time, there shall be food in Samaria. There was a famine. They had locked up the city because they had enemies on the outside trying to invade their cities. There was a great famine. People were eating their little babies. They were eating the horses. And the Bible talks about dove's dung. The waste from a dove was being sold and being eaten. The Bible says the man of God, Elisha, made a prophecy. Tomorrow this time, food in Samaria. And the king's right-hand man said, if God could open the windows of heaven, can this thing work? Could it be? He doubted the power of God. And he doubted the man of God. And the man of God looked at him and he says, yes, you will see it. It's going to happen. It's going to be made manifest. Food is going to be here tomorrow by midday. But you shall not eat any of the food. Well, the story goes and said there were four lepers who were outside the gate because the lepers could not stay in the city. They were quarantined outside. And the lepers had a conversation among themselves, and they said, why do we sit here until we die? There's death in the city in Samaria. If we stay out here, there's nobody to give us food, not even a bone to suck on. Scraps from their table. Nobody. If we stay here outside of the gates of Samaria, where people are fighting one another inside for a scrap of food, we'll die. The enemies over there, the Assyrians, they're ready to attack us. But if we go over there, maybe, maybe, we'll live over there. And if we don't live, we'll die anyway. So what are, we, what, what are we looking at? Either we stay here and die, or we go over there and we die. But there's a possibility we're going to live. And when they went over there in the Assyrian camp, they found all the Assyrians dead, and they found food. They found gold, changes of clothes. They found everything. Well, they ate their belly full. They had a good time. Fresh water, food, wine, everything. And they was filled and they laid down. Then they said, you know, we, don't, we didn't do too good today. Their conscience bothered them. They said, we need to go tell the king of Samaria there's food over here. And they went and they told the king. And the king sent out his army and they went and they brought food in Samaria the next day by midday. Fulfilling what Isaiah, Abba Begay, pardon Elisha said. 
the word of God from the man of God came into fulfillment. And when the word came into fulfillment, the right-hand man that said to the Elisha, could this thing be? Well, the people stampeded. And they were rushing to the gate of, uh, of, of the city. Because everybody wanted food. Well, the king's right-hand man fell. And when he fell, the people trampled him. They were stampeding. They trampled him. And he died. Yes, he saw it. Food was there, but he never tasted any of it. Why? Because the word of the living God, spoken from the mouth of God's prophet, came to fulfillment. God bothered the four lepers who did not want to sit and die here. They said, let's go over there. Perhaps, maybe, we will find food over there. And they did. And when they found the food, they found dead bodies. Nobody to stop them from eating the food. Let me tell you something. God knows everything. And when you don't see your way, you pick up your Bible and you begin to reuse the word of the living God and watch God come true for you because he will come true for you. So don't be fearful. Don't be in confusion. And this is what's happening in America today. People are succumbing to fear and confusion because the masters of the universe, the globalist leaders, the rich and powerful are driving the masses of people into, in, in, into like herding cattle, stampeding cattle, driving them into fear and confusion to do what they want so they can manipulate them and rule over them. We must understand that what we are seeing from the rich and the media is insufficient and misleading information. Jesus warned his people, Matthew 24, verse 4, he says, What is the sign of my coming, and what will it be in the end of the days? Jesus said, See that you be not deceived. Be careful that you not misled, deceived, led astray. The deception is the first thing. And what are we seeing today? We're seeing mass deception. Not because you see something on your television. Call any channel you want to. You believe those jokers are telling you the truth? No, they're not. But satanic jokers telling you the truth? No, they're driving you with fear, and they want to bring you, watch the news. They want to bring you under their jurisdiction. All the news channels say the same thing, in the same, virtually in the same words every night. They have the same talking points. They do not encounter or encourage anyone to say anything counter to what they're saying. If you go against the grain, <laughs> you're an extremist. And I've been reading and studying how the use of the name or the term extremist is being used and thrown around. All over America today, religious extremists, Christians who believe in the Bible, religious extremists. Why? Because the Bible says one man and one woman. You're a religious extremist. That's not what our law says. Our law says man can marry man and woman can marry woman. LGBTQ, MNOPZ. You don't believe it. You are a religious extremist. But that's what my Christian Bible said. We don't care. 
This is where we're being pushed. You better wake up and smell the coffee. How will you fare? What will you do? How will you last with all this? Do you understand that you're trying to use behavior modification strategy in America? It was borrowed from from Hitler and China to modify your behavior. They want to water you down from your strong Christian stand of Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life. They're telling the world today that Jesus our Christianity is a way to God. And there are many other ways. Of course, you can be a Jew where you don't believe in Jesus. That's another way. Of course, you can be a Muslim where you believe in Allah. That's another way. And of course, they're blending the three monotheistic religions together. Oh, we all have Father Abraham as our father. So, guess what? We all should get along together. Daddy Abraham is our daddy. He's a Christian's uh, friend, Father Abraham. Uh-huh. He's the Jew's friend, and he's the Muslim's friend. The Greek Muslim call him Ibrahim. So we can all get together under the banner of Father Abraham. By the way, they call that the Abraham Accords, the Abraham Treaty. So in other words, what man must do on the world today under the United Nations banner or under their auspices, we must get together in a man-made doctrine, a man-made gospel. We must get together under Daddy Abraham. Well, guess what? Daddy Abraham cannot save me before Father Abraham was. Jesus is. Tell the world. Tell the Muslims, tell the Jews, tell the Hindus, tell the Brahmins, tell the Hari Hari Krishnas, tell everybody, only Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to God the Father except they come through Jesus Christ. And I am an old-fashioned preacher, John 14, 6, I still preach that. Nothing can intimidate me and nothing can make me change. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not like one of these big guys, you know, they get so big and fancy. They want to be a crowd pleaser. They want to please everybody. And Franklin Graham, leader of Samaritan's Purse, a man who I respected, son of Billy Graham, he said recently, he said if Jesus was here, walking on the face of the earth, Jesus would reference the virus, the, the vaccine. He would make reference of it. He would promote it. Then not only would he promote it, but Jesus would have taken the vaccine. And I looked and I said, did he really say that? Yes, that's a quote. I researched it out. I saw the video clip. You can Google that, by the way. Franklin Graham says Jesus would take the vaccine. Well, why would Jesus be afraid of a vaccine? I'm afraid of a virus. This is Jesus that can heal leprosy. He can heal every disease that came to him. Every blind eye, every lame leg, hand, back, whatever. Even raise dead people. 
man Lazarus was dead and sting for four days, he raised him back from the dead. Why would Jesus take a vaccine? Why would you say that? Something tells me you don't fully know the word of God. You don't fully know the power of the word of God. And this is why I started by saying we got to get deeper in the word of God. Why would he say that? Franklin Graham is about 68, 60, 70 years old. He's not a boy. He's a highly respected man. I respected this man in his defense of Jesus Christ. Why would he say that? I went and I prayed for him. God opened his eyes. He made a mistake. I pray that he will say, apologize, and say, I misspoke. I made a mistake. I take it back. Jesus don't need no man's vaccine. Man need Jesus' word. He sent his word to heal us. Save us from our destruction. And when I hear stuff like that being, being, being spoken and knowing some people will receive it and believe it, I cringe. I'm burdened. This is a... This is a worldwide church leader. When I hear people running into the camp of men instead of running to Jesus, I, 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 I weep. I am burdened for the church of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why I have to preach and bring you the word like I am and make you aware of what's going on in America today. We must understand that the world is using, in America, strategies not only to demean us, to weaken us and take us off our faith in Jesus Christ. We must understand that this is a playbook strategy used in, in, in World War II, Adolf Hitler, when he went into churches and he began to have talking points. And the church, Germany, was a strong Christian nation. It's the nation of Martin Luther. You remember him, Martin Luther, that man who nailed 95 pieces to the Roman Catholic door and says, we don't agree with you and we will not yield to your power and your rulership. And he broke away from the Roman Catholic Church and he formed the Protestant churches. That Martin Luther. He said, I will not recant. I won't take it back. So Germany was a strong Christian nation. Who rose up in that strong Christian nation? Why? Because the church was, was polluted. The church was defiled, watered down. Adolf Hitler, how did he do it? He deceived the churches. He had people going around in the churches. And what did they do? They deceived the church people. There was a man named Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer, famous preacher, said, No, we will not. You will not come in our church and do that. We are going to preach the unadulterated word of Jesus Christ. We are going to stand up for Jesus Christ of Nazareth and the word of the living God. You will not bring that stuff in our church. And he stood up to Hitler. And many pastors lost their lives because they stood up to Hitler. This is what we are encountering today. Many pastors are currying favor with the government. They are currying favor with the elites. They want to be on television. They want their names up there. 
They don't want the name of Jesus Christ to be known and promoted. They want their names up there. Let us make us a name. I don't want, I don't, I don't care about my name. I care about the name Jesus. That's why I bring the word. Well, let me tell you something. Oh, my God, great persecution is coming, not only to the world, but to the church of Jesus Christ, the true church of Jesus Christ, not the apostate church, the true church of Jesus Christ. They're going to persecute us. Guess what? We're ready because we're fire-breathing people. We breathe fire. We're flamethrowers. Now I say, bring it on, baby. I love a good war. I love warfare. I get together coding last night till about 1.30 in the morning. I feel good. Yeah, you hear what I'm saying to you? Why? Because I know I'm cracking some bones, spiritual bones. I'm breaking. I'm shattering. I'm destroying with the word of God. When I release Psalm 109, I know it's finding root somewhere. I just release the word. I don't care who Jesus hits with the word. He knows where to hit and how to hit. Battle is his, not mine. And this is what I teach. This is what I preach. This is what I share with you tonight. I want you to understand tonight that the foundations in America are crumbling. The church of Jesus Christ is under vicious attack. The noose is closing around us. How will you prepare yourself for what's coming? You better learn how to code. You better learn how to release the word. You see, when you release the word, and I believe the American Christians are waking up. They're beginning to pray, but they need a strategy. They need a blueprint of prayer. That's what Bible Code 7 is all about. That's where I'm going to ask you to share Bible Code 7. Tell the people about it. There must be a strategy. You're building a house, you need a blueprint. Because you see, soon and very soon, the Lord is going to answer. God still controls floods, hail, volcanoes, hurricanes. And by the way, have you seen the volcanoes erupting? And have you seen the tornadoes? Have you heard about the flies, the frogs, the gnats, the locusts, the wasps, the hornets, the mice and the spiders in Australia? Insects all over the world, what we call acts of God. Hmm? The humongous amount of mice in Australia devouring the grain crops. Who controls all that? The Lord does. His mighty army of cankerworm, palmerworm, caterpillar, and locusts all over the world. Why? Because men have become rebellious, stubborn, wicked, evil, mean, nasty. But guess what? All of what they're doing, nothing shall by any means arms God's people. That's what I teach. Why? Because his word says that. And if you're releasing the word, the fire of the living God, nothing shall touch you. And that's where I want you to be. Untouchable. Because his word declares that. We are off limits. He will set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. They will see you and they cannot touch you. You're off limits. You're untouchable. Do you believe that? Well, I do. That's why I preach the way I preach and teach the way I teach. Why? I've had an encounter with the Word of God. 
I've had an encounter with a man named Jesus. I know him. I don't know of him. I know him. I know his word. And through his word, when I release it and I code it, I feel the bones shattering. Not my bones. Uh-uh. Because the word of God is a bone-shattering word. It goes to the marrow. Pierces to the that dividing a son of the bones and the marrow. The joints. He's a discerner of the, 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 the intents of the heart. The word of God, quick and powerful. And that's why we use the word. Let the word work for you. Let the word fight for you. But unless you re release it, unless you uh, declare it, nothing is going to happen. Tonight, I just want to thank God for your being on board with us tonight. I'm going to close out this session of our university. It is the word of God. I tell my grandchildren, I said, everything boils down to one thing. And that one thing is the everlasting word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass. His word will never pass. And he watches over his word to perform it. So, again, go to BibleCode7.com. We have our books, published books on our website. Yeah, you're going to go to Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. You can get iBooks, eBooks, Kindle, download the audiobooks. Get it on, on your download. Listen to it while you're driving. This is what I'm doing very frequently now. I don't waste drive time. 45 minutes of drive time, I need to get something released around me. So what do I do? I put my scriptures on audio from my phone. This is what I do. So take your drive time. And make it productive time. Stop listening to the radio and all that crazy music. I saw this young man listening to a music with his window open. It was boombox was thumping. And there he was with his head shaking and moving his hand. And he was into that music. Well, don't get into music of that nature. Get into the word. Get into Jesus and let Jesus get into you. When you do that, Nothing shall by any means, methods, or devices harm you. Nothing. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And may the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace, both now until he returns. Have yourself a fabulous, fabulous night. God bless you.